This is the Masonic Light Podcast featuring Pete Ruggieri and Larry Maris. A non-stuffy, somewhat humorous approach to understanding our craft. We guarantee you'll have a good time or your money back. This podcast is not endorsed or approved by the Grand Lodge or any jurisdiction. In fact, they'll probably hate it. And now, here's our host, Pete Ruggieri and Larry Maris. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Masonic Lake Podcast. This is Pete, your host. Uh, Co-host Larry's still, he's actually on his way home today. Yes. He's flying in with uh, 21 Stitches. Yep. Our co-hosts today, then, are going to be Dick Kenna and Jason Lewis. Hello. Good morning. And our special guest today is Brother Jeff Moyer. Hello, Jeff. Good morning. So we're going to jump right in. We'll we'll, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about uh, Mr. Moyer's Masonic background after a break or so. But uh, what do you guys have? What, what's been going on the past week or so with you Masonically? Jason? Uh, this week we had our normal Goose and Gridiron breakfast, and uh, we switched venues this week because uh, there's a conflict uh, the first Thursdays with uh, another breakfast group. But uh, this one was... A little lightly attended. Uh, a number of our brothers were out and about traveling, and obviously Larry's still on a boat or a plane or breaking his foot somewhere. And uh, Dick was in Atlanta, but uh, was still well attended. Did they uh, feed everybody this time? Yes, we all got fed at relatively the same time. Okay, because that was one of the reasons why I took a week off. Dick, anything with you? Any other? We did an inquiry of course, he's your, one of your first line signers. Uh, very, very nice guy. Sean or um, his uh, buddy? Big Beard? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's Sean. Yeah, Big Beard. Nice guy. Yeah, he nice looks guy. like he's a, um, you know, he escaped a Confederate encampment. He did. <laughs> he did. <Yeah. laughs> nice. We had uh, open house. Open house on Friday. So yeah. how was that? Uh, I've never been to one. I saw a picture of Mr. Hoover getting a tattoo, which is very bizarre. Yes. Well, it was fake, obviously, but it's uh, it was good. You know, a year ago, we did our first uh, Lodge 43, Lodge 476 joint open house uh, at the same time as First Friday, the big First Friday event. So uh, Amaranth really liked the First Friday event. So they've been doing First Friday every First Friday. So on the first floor, we had vendors and food. And then we opened up the Blue Room for uh, tours. So I'd say there was more brothers bringing their wives and kids in than there were new recruits. But for for our um, our fans that are not from the United States, can someone explain Amaranth? Jeff, are you? Uh... I don't know anything about Amaranth. I, I'm assuming it's something similar to Job's Daughters or Rainbow. Jason? Yeah, Amaranth is similar to Eastern Star. It's uh, another ladies' auxiliary group or or co-ed group. A little bit more... Is it based off Scottish Rite or is it just... No. No, it's just another appendant body and a little heavy on the the Christianity side, but, uh, you know, there's some, some... Not some, but there's a a lot of hints to it and a lot of singing and... But it's similar to Eastern Star. So it's not youth-oriented? No, Order of Amaranth is not, no. I stand corrected. It sounds... uh, like no fun, but old oriented. <laughs> yes. Okay. It's not too bad. So okay. are you a member? I am. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got, uh, I got, I got sucked in. You so. just wanted, you just wanted an extra thing for your car. The, uh, you know, the, what is it? Worthy, worthy matron, I believe is her name. She's a dear friend of all of us, John Hoover, who hopefully will be a guest sometime. Okay. And, uh, yeah, she, she went on a recruitment, uh, uh, whatever rush, if you will. And, and she got us. So, wow. 
Yeah. So what do you guys do? Uh, well, luckily, or, or un- unfortunately, unfortunately, we have extra meetings on the same night, so I've been unavailable to attend. Uh, how convenient. I, I know. I've been trying to make an Amherst meeting here. Wonderful. And anything going on with you, Jeff, in the past week? Well, I was at the breakfast Thursday morning. Missed you, but I understand you weren't communicating with the human race. That's Yeah, I needed a, uh, a day of and, solitude. Uh, did a committee, a committee of inquiry. Was that Thursday night? Yeah, Thursday. And also... Uh, no, Tuesday. Tuesday. And Jason got sucked into another role in uh, High 12, yeah. which he failed to tell you about. Yeah, I posted on Facebook. Did so, uh, folks, High 12 is a uh, group of retired retired ancient masons. Um, so, Jeff is actually... Jeff, how old are you? 60. You, Jeff is probably 20 years younger than the average person. <laughs> actually, Laverne Gibble's younger than I am. Is he? Yeah. He's just got a lot of city miles on him. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it's an elderly crowd. Um, and, Jason, you're still in your 30s? Yeah, barely, but yeah. Yeah, so they meet for lunch at a old fuddy-duddy restaurant. And they have lunch at 12 o'clock noon on a Thursday. Yes. Yeah. So uh, what did you guys have? You guys have like lima beans? Or? No, you, you order all by yourself. But uh, <laughs> I think some beans. people got lima beans. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, it's a night and day diner, which is a sister of our goose and gridiron. Yeah. If you uh, guys want to like listen to our other show, which is um, nothing Masonic whatsoever. Uh, the other show I do called the uh, POL cast. We, uh, we are reviewing. Did you see that in the paper the other day? No. They they did uh, one of the uh, evaluations of the place. Okay. Well, so, yeah. So, they yes. had an evaluation that was bad. Oh, boy, was it bad. And then uh, my co-host for the other show decided to go there for lunch. And it was such a... Uh, such a dumpster fire that they uh, they took video of like what was going on there. Wow. Yeah. So uh, that's, uh, you know, listen to our uh, PLL cast on the uh, same podcast station. So it's very not safe for works. So don't uh, don't judge me. Nice. So you get you say so you're now second vice president. Oh, yeah. So I. Uh, wow. Well, I'm very fortunate that my job allows me to be relatively flexible. And we had our normal morning breakfast, which. Uh, coincided with the monthly high 12 so so maybe i'll come check it out and so jeff and i went up and uh it turned out it was open elections and they needed a second vice president and i made eye contact and that's uh, that's pretty much what happened i said well you know i'm not a member and uh, as soon as i said that there was a petition in front of me and i said well i don't have my petition fee or my checkbook or cash so and larry griffith paid you paid it all didn't he laverne laverne, oh, laverne, laverne okay. said well now you do and uh and then, of course, when it said, well, we still need to nominate a second vice president, of course, my name was uh, put up there and uncontested. So, yeah, I am a member of the Noor Shrine Yacht Club in Delaware. Nice. And I'm like, uh, I'm not in Noor Shrine. Well, that's okay. I don't have a yacht. Well, that doesn't matter. Do you have $10? I'm like, yeah. I said, well, you're a member of the Noor Yacht Club. Shock. <laughs> Money yeah. talks. Uh, so, yeah, that's how. The international sign of a, a Freemason is you're in, a hand open and right. wanting money. Yeah. So, well, folks, we're going to uh, take a quick break and we're going to come back and we're going to talk to our guest, Mr. Jeff Moyer. Today, more than ever, the fate of nations is led by a cabal of individuals and corporations. From the price of gas and basic necessities continually escalating, people are feeling like puppets with a chosen few pulling the strings. In other words, follow the money. 
in a fascinating work of historical fiction, The Red Serpent chronicles how the rich and powerful have prevailed through the centuries of history. 5,000 years after Sumerians bury the greatest wealth of knowledge the world has ever known, traces of it surface in the 20th century, along with omens and executions. The Vatican is in a frenzy to possess it. A secret society will stop at nothing to control it, and innocent people are doomed by obscure connections with it. In a bizarre quirk of fate, an obsessed French policeman, an alluring philology professor, an ex-Mossad rabbi, and a powerful Jewish family join forces to solve a triad of ancient puzzles. They must battle their way through Europe, outwit assassins, and dodge overwhelming foes. But how do they convince governments to aid them in their quest? What if they run out of time? And can they pull off the phenomenon that will change civilization forever? The Red Serpent by Larry Maris is available at Amazon, Amazon Kindle, and Barnes & Noble, plus fine bookstores everywhere. And welcome back. Uh, we're here with Jeff Moyer, past master of Lodge 43. Yes. That's correct. So what else, what else, can you give a little bit more about your Masonic background? Well, I was entered October 13th of 1995, which at the time I didn't realize the significance of October 13th in Freemasonry with Jacques de Malay. Uh, 96, I joined Lodge Perfection, Harrisburg Consistory, and I believe Zembo Shrine that fall. So 96 was a busy year for me. Okay. I also started learning degrees. I was Worshipful Master in 2003. April of that year, I was appointed a regional instructor for Grand Lodge of Pennsylvania, which I, I did that responsibility till December of 2013. I'm now a member of Reading Consistory and Rajan, currently Most Wise Master in the Rose Croy line. Wow. And a member of High 12 and... Uh, and you were by you. You got installed with Jason and I and Dick and everybody at the Tall Cedars. Tall Cedars, yep. yeah, yeah, that was fun. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to get him to join Grotto. Uh, he would be a good Grotto guy. Yeah, yeah. he he he'll join Raja Shrine if I join join Grotto. Yeah, he keeps trying to give have me give him a good reason to join Zembo, and I just can't because yeah. I think Raja's more fun. I just emailed the secretary of Raja to find out if they're doing a a. Uh, initiation rebate like everybody else in the fall okay sounds good so i think raja is going to be it so uh jeff how long were you the uh regional school of instruction guy about 10 and a half years so when you first started that how was um you know how big was your area that you covered well i i was assigned to region two there's seven regions in the state of pennsylvania so if you, if you look at a map of pa region one is philly and then it's two three four pittsburgh five is like erie Six is the mid middle part of the state, and seven is like Scranton. So I had, I think at that time there were 64 lodges in Region 2, but with mergers, it's probably about 56 right now. And and how far off was, uh, for folks that aren't from Pennsylvania, which is probably the majority of you, um, at the time, our, our ritual is not, is all word of mouth, uh, and it's different than everybody, every other Grand Lodge in the United States. So, you know, how far, how much different did people have it when you first took over? So, like, were people in Erie doing things completely different than people in Philly? No, surprisingly, the, the dialogue itself is pretty much the same throughout the state. Uh, what everybody struggles with is mechanics. Uh, what was an example? Well, there's, there's things like in the, in the first degree where you bring the candidate to light. Okay. And the, the officers... 
position themselves around the altar in a certain way. And that's always something that's not done correctly. And are people always like, well, this is the way we've always done it? Well, yeah, the typical response was in my lodge. And then I would say, well, that's not the way we teach it. You know, we, <laughs> we would never try to degrade anybody or just say, that's not the way I have it. But like I said, the dialogue itself, no matter where you went in the state, it was the same. And now that they have the ritual books, there's, there's no question. You know, this is what it is. And it's so... And, and it's always, always mechanics is, is the issue at any regional school or school of instruction because it's just not written down. Right, right. Um, yeah, some of the, I, I got a lot out of the schools of instruction for a bunch of years. I was the financial secretary for the first Masonic district school of instruction. And um, I'm still wouldn't, I'd be scared to give a, a second or a third degree. But um, yeah, I just, I, I took note of so many little details that I keyed in on that frustrates me when I go to a, a lodge meeting and I see thumbs when people are uh, um, yeah, Pledge yeah, of Allegiance and, and weird things like that. You know, Jeff failed to mention one of his other roles is he's a trustee of 43. And in 43, the trustees tend to sit up front with the secretary. So I have the pleasure of uh, witnessing Jeff and have a coronary during which <laughs> ritual. It's, uh, it's pretty fun being up there with him. Oh, I couldn't even imagine. Yeah, sometimes I can't watch. I'll I'll play Candy Crush on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a lot of pitches under his his breath. So, Jeff, one of the things we mentioned here is you're uh, the head of the Rose Croix. Um, could you give our listeners because there's a lot of things we do in in America that uh, you know we had to add all this extra crap to Freemasonry that, that other people don't have. So, can you explain a little bit about the Rose Croix for us? Well, in, in consistory, you have four bodies: perfection, council, chapter, and consistory and I'm I'm currently most wise master in chapter of Rose Croix surprisingly we're responsible for the 17th and 18th degrees and it's very Christian oriented the 18th degree has a lot of references to Jesus which is something you don't ever see in Blue Lodge so it, it's very interesting and, and basically in Rose Croix we espouse the new law of love which is basically when Jesus was on the earth. That's what he professed. Love, love one another as I have loved you. So that's pretty much Rose Croix in a nutshell. And so you all, is it just like your typical, like each year you'll put on one of the two degrees? Yeah. I, I think we do the 17th. No, we did the 18th in the spring. We always do the 18th in the spring and the 17th in the fall. Okay. And, and that's, you're out of um, Harrisburg. Reading. Reading. Oh, Reading. Yeah. Okay. So... What got you? What got you sucked into uh, into that chair? Well, I, when I was a regional, I was at the uh, uh, Reading School of Instruction one evening, and one of the gentlemen approached me about it, and I said, "Well, not not right now. I'm kind of busy." And, and it was 2013, 14, 13. Yeah, I was out at uh, Autumn Day at E Town, and Harry Hackman came up to me, says, uh, "Gives me one of these. Come here, I want to talk to you." And at the time, I was I was seriously considering stepping down as a regional because I originally said to myself, I'll do it 10 years and then I'll decide. Well, I was getting close to 10 years and I thought, well, it's time for somebody else to do this. So talked to Harry and said, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. So that's how I got into it. But I'm also, I also do a lot of parts in, in the degrees at the reunions, which I, I love. And uh, the, the guys in the Rose Croix liner, we have fun. We have a lot of fun. We have... Uh, Right now, we have three guys that are big time in the York, right? Seth Anthony, 
John March and Harry Smith is the newest guy to come in. Right. And we had past district deputy grandmaster, Harry Hackman. Uh, Bud Willard is in the line. He's big in uh, tall seaters. I'm not sure what 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 positions he's been in or over the years because I'm brand new to tall cedars. I don't understand anything about it other than the pyramid. He's some sort of big tree. Yeah, I didn't. A sequoia or something. Right. He's a big sequoia. Okay. And today I have to go to a S, no wait, Scottish, S-R-V-C meeting. Scottish Rite Volunteer Committee meeting. What are you volunteering for? It, it's a ladies group that raises money for various like the dyslexic center, learning center. Years ago, I was, I had, I got sucked in to be the second vice president of the Lancaster County Scottish Rite Club. Of Harrisburg? Of the, of the Harrisburg. Of the Harrisburg. And I don't even know how I did. Somebody just told me that I was. And then a year later, I got told that um, I'm out because I never did anything. I never went to any meetings. I never, whatever. So it's probably a good choice by them to boot me because you know, I didn't really want the I, job anyway. I'm a past president of the. Scottish Rite Club of Lancaster County Scottish Rite Club of the Harrisburg and Sister. I think it was 2002. That was another Laverne deal. That's why Jason should not have sat aside a Laverne at lunch because he, he sucks you into anything. He sure does. Yep. So, uh, Dick, when are you going to join all these groups? Well, I'll tell you, I'm staying away from Laverne Gibble, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, is anything anything exciting coming up for any of you guys? We have our stated meeting and an extra meeting, and this month is a little bit strange. Because, well, strange, but the your stated meeting actually falls um, the day before our meeting. So, But that's about it. It's stated meeting week, so... Okay. And, uh, Jeff, do you have anything uh, Well, my, going on? Monday night, uh, going to Reading History to help paint the Learning Center. Tuesday night's Committee of Inquiry, State at Meeting. Wednesday and Thursday's uh, Lancaster County Scottish Rite Club dinner at Four Seasons. Wow. And Friday, I actually get to go do something non-Masonic, going to a retirement party. As your... Uh, wow. Yeah, that's just just too much Freemasonry. Um, Dick, are you doing something, anything Masonic in the next week or so? I'll be honest with you. I just got back from Atlanta. I have absolutely no idea what I'm doing next week. So and what? So what? What do you have going on in Atlanta? My brother lives down there. Okay. And, uh, he and his partner. Uh, it was interesting spending the week with uh, with he and he and his partner. We we wandered around town, and he kept it nice and above board for me. You know, Larry's not going to let us talk about Atlanta ever again. The um, No, I'm sure not. Yeah. I'm sure not. I stayed away from... No, I, I promised Jason I wouldn't say anything about Atlanta, so I, <laughs> I'm just about to. I'm going to just shut up here and be good. Have any of you guys been in touch with our, uh, our, our cohort, Larry, about what's going on on his trip over in, uh, in Europe? Just that he's wandering into the smoke shops and sucking up all of the... Um, the pot smoke he can find. He won't smoke anything, but he'll still suck up the, the secondhand smoke. Yeah, his daughter chimed in on uh, one of the threads. Uh, yeah. Like, like I've been telling him he should go do it. And, uh, you know, Larry's probably on 50 different medications. So I guess that's probably the reason he's scared of any kind of uh, interaction. What he should be scared of is going to Europe. Every time <laughs> he goes, he hurts himself. So what, did he explain to you what happened? I just saw that he got stitches. What did he, what did he do to get stitches? As I understand it, he fell getting out of one of the canal boats. Oh, my goodness. Probably in sandals. P probably. Yeah. Yep. Probably. And 21 stitches later. Yeah, not so much fun. 
So we're going to try one thing a little bit different here today. Um, besides our pre pre-written commercials, I decided I want to go old school like Howard Stern and just read a couple. Uh, so our big sponsors here is first is my company. Uh, you guys are all uh, all are my customers, I believe. Uh, MasonicScarves.com. Uh, Masonic type uh, Masonic soccer type scarves. They're lightweight. They have many designs. We have Scottish Rite in the 32nd and 33rd degree. Knights Templar, Royal Arch, Council, Grotto, Tall Cedars, Past Master, Eastern Star, and more. If you use the um, code podcast at checkout, you get 20% off. So I'd really appreciate some sales this week because uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, I'm in Ocean City, Maryland with a no longer Masonic organization <laughs> having some fun at the beach. And I could really use some money to help pay my bar tab. Um, the Red Serpent by Larry Maris. Uh, so Larry's not here. He wrote a book. Um, so if you're tired of waiting on Dan Brown's next book, you should definitely check out Larry's Red Serpent. Uh, 5,000 years after Sumerians bury the greatest wealth of knowledge the world has ever known, traces of its surface in the 20th century, accompanied by omens and senseless executions. The Vatican is in a frenzy to unearth and possess its treasure. A ruthless worldwide brotherhood, blah, 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 blah. So, yeah, it's, it's a decent book. So yeah, You can tell who wrote that, that advertisement. Was that uh, Mrs. Maris? Oh, I, I think Larry wrote that one. <laughs> yes, <she did>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you can check it out on, uh, on Amazon Kindle. Um, what's the other one, Barnes & Noble's? Uh, Not a clue. Yeah. All I know is that it really is a good book. I mean, if you get once you get past all of the flowery language and all the things he's trying to make it make it be, it is a good book. It's a it's a very interesting read. A good. Quick he's been read. talking about the uh, sequel for ten years. Uh, how's that going? I'll tell you in ten years. Okay. That's <laughs> right. So uh, LarryMaris dot com for that, and I will hear about that. And um, so my last one here, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and do this right. We did it with a voiceover guy, but I was uh, I was disappointed in its uh, in its production. So here we go. Since time immemorial, man has sought to control the evidence, the elements. See, I can't even talk. Uh, only to be gifted the power of fire by the Titan Prometheus, granting man and prophets the power over nature and space. In these days of rampant strife, chaos, and discord. Can we as prophets allow the realm at large to continue on, unrefined, undignified, unhandsome? The choice is clear, prophets. We have reached critical mass. We have it in our power to choose the right future. We, the prophets of the mystic order, availed prophets of the enchanted realm, can reach vaulted heights of greatness. This year, vote for Zimian and past monarch Victor Mann for Grand Captain of the Guard. Our 21st century... Prometheus, paid for by the committee to elect Victor Why Not Man, not associated or affiliated with the Victor Man Hair Club for men or the retired LBJ look like committee. Thank you, guys. So, yeah, our buddy Victor, who's our district deputy for Grotto um, and a good friend, he is running for Supreme Council Captain of the Guard for the national office. Basically, that's where uh, for Grotto, that's where you start if you want to get into the national line. And be the head guy in about eight to ten years from now. So, uh, if you're a grotto guy and your vote's undecided and you're going to be going down to New Orleans, yeah, can you imagine that? A bunch of grotto people having our national convention in New Orleans. Are you going? I am going. The only thing is, problem is, it's I'm fat. It's July, and it's New Orleans. Right. So <laughs> I, I, it's going to be really hot. So, um, yeah, I'll try and stay in a hotel or a bar for most of the time. But uh, here's a little info on Victor since uh, I'm going to give him this plug. 
Um, raised 2004. He's a member of Independent Royal Arch Lodge number two out of New York, which uh, that'd be a great story someday because they're like a not a York rate lodge, but I believe are allowed to put on the Royal Arch degree because they used to do it before they said they couldn't do it. Um, he's a board member for Toys of Tots, communications committee member of the Grand Lodge of New York. He's the past monarch of Zim Grotto. Uh, he's district deputy for Grotto, president in 2014 of the Colonial Grotto Association. He's been a Fairchild Society member since 2015. He is endorsed by the Colonial Grotto Association, the Empire State Grotto Association, and uh, me. So there we go. There's, nice. there's Victor. So vote for Victor. Come to New Orleans and he'll probably buy you a beer and uh, try and buy your vote. Speaking of Royal Arch, the uh, statewide Royal Arch uh, Mark, Ma Mark Master degree happened yesterday. Yeah, that looks pretty cool. They did it in a, in a real live quarry. Yeah, yeah. I think they had 40 new members get their Mark Master degree on their journey to the Royal Arch degree. So that looked like a lot of fun. Yeah, so they did this in a real stone quarry and it looked like... Uh, was it hot? It looked I, like, yeah, I don't know. I didn't go. Refer back to the fat and uh, out of shape comment. That's why I didn't go. Yeah, like I'm outdoorsy. I'm outdoorsy in the way of like, I like to drink on decks at barbecues. That's yeah. that. That's how outdoorsy I am. Now, Jeff, you're an outdoorsy kind of guy. So when I was digging through pictures, I saw you with uh, I don't know, a, a deer carcass and a turkey carcass. Yeah. So are yeah. you still a big hunter? Yeah. Yeah, my brother and I have a place up uh, northern Pennsylvania above... Uh, Mansfield, almost along the New York border. We've been hunting there since 70, 71. Oh, wow. Okay. And hunted up in Tioga County starting in 67. So I think this is my 48th or 49th year coming up. Anything exciting going on in the world of uh, hunting up there? Are you seeing any of these coyotes and wolves that people keep talking about? No, we had some coyotes maybe 10 years ago. We haven't seen any for a while. Okay. Because I heard that the, like, the koi wolf is uh is big around Pennsylvania now. It's like a hybrid of the coyote and the wolf, and is now the apex predator on the food chain. Besides me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How did I just turn this into a nature show? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm an avid indoorsman, so. Oh All my right. goodness! Perkins is next. Your next guest, right? Marlon Bur Marlon Perkins. Marlon Perkins. Is he a brother? I have he no probably idea. was a brother because, you know, he's just, he just looks like he can hold a lot of deuce cards. Yeah. Jack Hubley would probably be a good one for you if you're going to do that. Uh, from Channel 8. Yeah. yeah. Okay, we'll ask him. He's got a beard, so he'll fit in. He'd fit in. All right, guys. Well, we're going to take one more quick break and we'll be right back. The Masonic Light Podcast is sponsored by MasonicScarves.com, home of unique Masonic-themed soccer scarves. Our scarves aren't printed. All of the artwork is knitted into the design. We can also do custom-made designs featuring your local lodge or commemorating an event. These make a great gift for visitors, members, or for fundraising. Visit our website at MasonicScarves.com and click on the Shop Now button to see our full catalog. At checkout, use code PODCAST and you'll get $5 off per scarf www.masonicscarves.com Welcome back, everybody. We're really back this time. See, this will be edited so you didn't hear the first time I said that. So, 
Um, we're just talking about what is coming up uh, in, in the world of uh, Freemasonry for all of us. And uh, Dick, what were you saying about um, Wellsboro? We've got something coming up in Wellsboro. Lodge Research, um, Wellsboro. I think they're doing a Royal Arch meeting the same day. Uh, it's a, it's a, at the Masonic Lodge up in Wellsboro. And uh, you're saying, uh, Jeff, that's a nice looking building up there? Yeah, I, I visited that lodge a couple times uh, while I was up hunting, and uh, they had a couple of regional schools up there. I'll tell you a quick story. My brother and I went over to visit, I forget what year it was, early 2000s. And uh, on the way over, we're rehearsing the, he's learning the second degree. So we get there and walk in oh, we need an examination so I, I go in a room with my brother and start they start asking me questions about the first degree so I'm, naturally i'm like well we're going down the wrong road here and i i answered one question i said oh i'm sorry we were working on a second degree on the way over and so we got done well you can come in i said you know there's a, an obligation for an examination there is i said yeah would you like to hear it uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so they didn't they didn't know that one no no they, they had no clue so that's what Lodge of Research, Dick, you say? Yes. What's the difference between that and the Masonic Academy of Masonic Knowledge? Well, the Lodge of Research is a uh, is made up of Masons. Okay. The Academy of Knowledge is simply an educational opportunity for anybody to attend. Okay. And um, Larry and Jimmy Tully and I are, are three of the members. I don't know how many others there are in, around here, but... It, it, I think it's the, it, for me, it was the, the, the catalyst for me to get into York, right? Okay. So, uh, do you have to study and do papers and things like that? Not with the Lodge of Research, no. Okay. They, My understanding they, is the Lodge of Research is an actual lodge, so you have it officers is. in there. And, and the academy is more of a educational body where they do the papers and, okay. and anybody is welcome to, to watch the meetings and listen to the speakers. And they do print them out. Uh, it takes about five years, I think, before the in, in the larger research till they get the the presentations printed up and into the book form. But it is a very formal kind of thing. And as you said, it's a lodge. Okay, we've got the uh, Grand Lodge quarterly coming up, and that's going to be in June. Yeah, and that's in Pittsburgh. Yeah, absolutely. So, Jeff, you've, have you been out to the Pittsburgh uh, Masonic Center? Oh yeah, it's beautiful. It's a nice, very nice center. I was out there for, I don't know, three or four quarterly communications while I was a regional. So uh, what kind of, what goes, so I'm a bad past master. I've never been to a, uh, this, I've never been to the Grand Lodge. Um, I mean, I've been to the building, but I've never been to a, any of the degree work. So can you tell a little, tell us a little bit about what goes on at the Grand Lodge? Well, they, they open up very similar to a Blue Lodge, only everything else, I mean, it has right worshipable instead of worshipable master. Okay. And it's very similar to the Blue Lodge meeting. Uh, they, they read uh, minutes from the last quarterly. And How, how's their floor work? Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah, that was... <laughs> well, I, no, it's actually, the, the appointed officers typically do a nice job. The elected officers just kind of uh, dial it in? No comment. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, they're, they're, they're pretty. They're good. They're weighted down by yeah. all those stars on the collar. They, they can't be bothered. And they, they always have a point where they, they ask people to come up and they give their contributions. That's always interesting because some lodges, especially the Philly lodges, they're, every quarterly they're donating money. And probably big money. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and the Grandmaster, of course, he always talks about his programs, which, which if you read the Pennsylvania Freemason, 
you already know what's going on, but right. some guys, it might be their first quarterly or they, whatever, and they may not be up on what, what the grandmaster's programs are. And that all gets filtered down, I guess, through the district deputies for their visits? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And where do they decide as far as um, you, as far as like when you were at the uh, School of Instruction and re you know being the instructor, is there a committee that you're on where you decide and you discuss what changes? Because, I mean, I've been in since 97 and there haven't been a ton of changes, but there's been a few things stricken from the degree work um, that were in there when I got in. So how does all that come, come, come to play? Well, there were there were a couple words taken out during Tom Sturgeon's tenure, but he, he sent out a, an edict and it was just, okay, we're going to eliminate this word. But there's been some changes. Okay, so it wasn't a committee. It was just he's no. in charge and he said, we're striking this word. But when, when they changed uh, from to uh, more than two black balls, the all the regionals were at, I don't know where we were at at that time, and we came up with, with the wording. And Larry Buther said, let's sit down and come up with it, and, and this is the way it'll be moving forward. And I, uh, when they added the, let me see, the, do you the remember voice what, mode. Do you remember what the, what the impetus was for that? Um, you know, why they went from, you know, one black ball to two or more? Yeah, the, gra the grandmaster at that time felt that there, there were too many black balls being thrown. And really, you should never have a black ball in lodge. If, if the committee of inquiry does their job and a brother has an issue, he's supposed to go to the committee of inquiry. So in theory, you should never have a black ball in, in a blue lodge. Right. You shouldn't get just, as I can tell you, as worshipful master, when that happens, it's not fun because you're not expecting, you're not expecting that to happen. No, it, it happened to me in my very first meeting as worshipful master. And uh, at that meeting... I think it was Doug Weicker stood up and he made a motion to have a second ballot on a first petition. So we held it over for a month. And in March, we voted on again. And, and they had just did, um, allowed you to go with voice votes. So I decided I'm going to do a voice vote and let the brother object to the voice vote. Then we'll know <laughs> who it was. But prior to the meeting, I went and talked to all the past masters just to let them know because we had never done a voice vote. And the last brother I talked to was Charles Aki because I knew he was, he wouldn't be for it. So told him what I'm going to do. He started his legal lease. Blah, blah, blah. I said, Charles. He's a, a former district attorney. Yeah. yeah. Charles, this is what I'm going to do. Oh, and we had a favorable voice vote. Yeah. We did that one time where um, when the, um, we first started doing the voice votes, we had a election. We had three guys that were petitions. So we were allowed to vote on all three petitions at one time. Yeah, up to five. And there was a black ball. Now, this wasn't the voice vote yet. This was actually still in the, in the uh, ballot box. Yeah. So there was one black ball thrown. So then I guess the procedure was the best I could remember it. Now we had to vote on everybody individually. individually. Yes. So we go back through the first person, and that takes like another 10, 12 minutes. All white balls. Go back through again on the second person, all white balls. Now, to make it worse, the third guy was a guy that I had. Uh, I was the first line signer, and I was the master. We go all the way through there, all white balls. 
So just, you know, somebody wasn't paying attention. They grabbed a black ball instead of a white ball and they just wasted 45 minutes of my life. Yeah. Yeah. And for those of you that don't know what we're talking about, we have a ballot box that has white balls and black balls. White means yes, black means no. And that's where the term black ball comes from. In some jurisdictions, to alleviate the confusion between white and black, the black balls are actually cubes, but not in PA. Yeah, in Pennsylvania, they're like either black, white, cat's eye, what else? Other kind of, no, cat's yeah. eye. So that's kind of cool. Oh, awkward pause. Sorry about Ooh. that. <laughs> so what else is going on? I got, I got, I got lost in thought with marbles. We've all just been blackballed. Yes. Uh, we go, oh, I know. We have Grotto we coming have Grotto. up at the end of the month. I will be out of town, and I, I'm sad because this is going to be a fun one. Yeah. So like I, I had mentioned before, and Jeff, this will be a good one for you to come to. Uh, we're going to do a an open Grotto event. Oh, not really that open. We're going to do a uh, master Mason night, like a master Mason night. It's going to be a kind of, we're going to call it a rush party. And instead of doing it at our normal meeting location, one of our brothers has a farm and he has a lot of firearms. So for you guys that are international, you're probably shaking your head at the crazy Americans. But, um, yeah, so we have, uh, we're having barbecue and we're going to have, uh, firearms and, possibly alcohol so what could go wrong um <laughs> so we we are going to make sure that there's a it's it's i think it's like firearms before alcohol not that yeah, i think it goes in that order uh but yeah we're gonna we're gonna like shoot skeet and uh, different things um some different guys are uh, firearm enthusiasts so we're gonna do all kinds of cool stuff and yeah basically we're just gonna hang out in the guy's farm all day and and have a party outside and what's the date for this? It's the, the fourth, fourth Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. yeah. I'll be in Nashville. And I'm sad because I just got an Aleister Crowley pin for my Fez that I wanted to show off. Oh, very cool. Have to wait till September. So if I show up, I'll probably have to bring my checkbook for the initiation fee. Um, no. Because initiation is October? Yeah. You, you wouldn't have to pay till October when you join. Yeah. So I think we just got somebody. There we go. There you go. So if there's any uh, Master Masons out there listening that are not members of Grotto... Um, or you are a member of Grotto and you're just, uh, can make, make a point to be out in, uh, in Lancaster County, uh, the fourth Sunday in June, hit us up on the website and, uh, we'll give you directions. So you can come out and have some fun with us. Nice. Well, I guess you're joining Shrine. I am going to join Shrine. Yeah. I'm very excited about it. So Dick, you're not a Shriner yet? No, I'm not. You would look good in like a little car or something. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> yes, you would. The tree is enough. Are you, are you in Scottish right masonry? I am. I know you're a large perfection. I've seen. I've seen you yeah. there. Yeah, I'm commandery in in York, right? I did them both. I'm going to start doing that this fall. Oh, yeah. yeah. So you somehow avoided York, right? It's not when I when I came into Lodge Forty Three, it just wasn't discussed, and and now all of a sudden there's a an impetus of all these younger guys that are are joining. And I was asked one time by you remember Bob Weaver. I do. I don't. Put your water down. Sorry. <laughs> Bob, yeah, Bob Weaver, he was, I guess he was a 43 guy, but he came to every one of my meetings. Yeah. So I always thought he was a Lamberton guy, but he wasn't. He had asked me, and at the time I was going through the, the line of officers, I said, no, I don't want to get involved with something else at this point, and just never followed up. Who was, um, I'm so bad with names, a uh, gentleman from, our, from Lamberton that uh, used to play piano, um, used to play the national anthem on piano in the beginning of Lodge, um, from Lamberton. From Lamberton, yeah. Gosh, Ben or Burn, Ben or something. I, gosh, I can't believe I forgot his name. 
But uh, I had just gotten my Master Mason degree, and I'm downstairs, and we're having, like, cake and ice cream afterwards. And I asked somebody at the table, so what's the deal with York Rite? And then all of a sudden, it was like, boom, boom, boom. I had three petitions in front of me. Yeah. So, I mean, I had been a Master Mason for all of, like, 10 minutes, and I had three petitions. It seems like York Rite is... is a little challenged in getting members right now and they're trying to have a resurgence. Well, it was nice then because it worked out that I think I got my master Mason degree in October. Um, I put in my paperwork. So I think I got my degrees like in January, February, March, April, May, June. I think I got pretty much everything done. Yeah. I had to wait almost a year to get my Royal Arch degrees done. Yeah. Whereas a lot of guys, you know, they have to travel pretty far to get their, uh, you know, council chapter and commandery degrees. Yep. Speaking of Royal Arch, they have Table Lodge coming up. I know you can't wait for that. Yeah, when is that? Is it the 16th? It's the, it's the third Thursday of the month. And it's replacing the stated meeting. Okay. That sounds uh, that sounds like a lot of fun. You can sign up on Evenbright. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jason, Jason. So, so you don't care for Table Lodges? I don't. It's not so much that. It's, it's um, here's a good topic since we have, we have some time. So have any of you guys ever been asked to do anything for Freemasonry and they put that guilt trip on you? Like, you know, um, could, you know, as a brother, could you do this? It's never happened. Yeah. Never and then in you, my life. Yeah. Well, you know, that's how I got sucked into, you know, I got sucked into helping uh, with that project. And uh, because I use Eventbrite all the time with Grotto and my personal stuff, I have a thing at, at the end of the year called the Santa Stumble. You know, we raised... I think $18,000 last year for the mountain police. It's a um, great event. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I, a lot, a lot of people, a lot of tickets sold and it's pretty, so I'm good at it. I'm not good at many things, but I'm good at this. So I was asked to, and if you join Grotto, you get a free pass to the Santa stumble. Exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. So I signed up for, they asked me to help out with this thing and, but then they wouldn't give me the key things like details on the event. Um, nobody would take charge. None of the officers were really in charge. Y'all kept like, Oh, you need to go ask, the district deputy, you need to ask this guy. And then um, when I did it, I, they also wouldn't give me the email addresses for all the members. So, you know, it kind of works better if you have email addresses to send invitations to. So, long story short, I'm transferring to E-Town for Royal Arch. So. Oh, uh, well, my, my original question was Blue Lodge, Table Lodge. You don't care for those either? No. No. Um, I do enough in that building. I really don't want to have dinner in that building yeah we just had the first open district-wide table lodge that was actually it was wednesday night that's when uh jeff and i were on a committee of inquiry and so we missed that but i hear it was okay it just every single lodge every single year doing a table lodge and just gets old yeah I, I don't know what worshipful master decided like hey let's this thing in archaic masonic history because when i got in in 97 we never did this yeah. Um, a couple of years later, they decided that we're going to put on a table lodge. I don't know who our master was that had to do the first one. But, you I know. Think, I think they're cool and I think they're fun. I think the district should maybe look at half because we have, you know, we have 10 lodges. So maybe five do this year and then next year another five do the other. But yeah. It just, it just seems like it's a lot. And, you know, Brother Dick gave the same speech basically three years in a row. Same topic, not same speech. I'm too obsessive compulsive to do that. I just wouldn't give the same speech over and over. But I think we should learn how to do, how to do toasts if we're going to do it. Yeah. I, I just get frustrated. If you're going to have a dinner with adults and you're having toasts, but we're not allowed to have real wine, 
it just kind of frosts my cojones a little bit that, you know, I am an adult, just, you know, I'm not going to get uh, wine drunk. Yeah. Well, if you are a Royal Arch Mason, we're doing the uh, Table Lodge offsite. So at least that event will be. Yeah, that's going to be at the uh, Marriott. The Marriott downtown. Yeah. So they, they do, they put on a good spread for food. Um, I think last time I was helping out on the site cause I got asked to help out after I quit. Um, I was asked one more time. Could you just as a brother, could you help out? Um, I think there was like 30 or 40 guys signed up for that. So, yeah, I think so it should be, be a pretty good event. Yeah. I think it's, it's a little pricey, $39, but it's going to be a good meal. Pricey. Yeah. yeah. You are Lancaster County. <laughs> well, compared to other normal yeah. Masonic events. Yeah. I mean, I had to field so many questions because basically you're just bringing $39 plus tax and that goes to the restaurant. Like yeah. people are, well, how do we do this? We bring a check. No, it's a restaurant. Bring a credit card or cash. Right. And you swipe your credit card. People can't. Well, what if I want to drink? Well, then you buy a drink. Like that was the one thing I don't miss about being worshipful master is all like the minutia of weird questions about the dinner. Which Are Royal Arch chapter is doing the uh, table lunch? 43. Yeah. yeah, it should be fun. Anything else going on coming up? I got nothing. I'm trying to, I'm, I'm going away this weekend to a uh, thing. A non-Masonic. A non-Masonic thing that I can't talk about. I, I think 43 is having on the table lodge in September. You should come, Pete. Yeah, our table lodge in September. <laughs> Strawberry night this week for our stated meeting, so... You know, the, yeah, uh, I don't know if that's just a Pennsylvania pick. thing or is that like all Masons everywhere? They do a uh, strawberry night in June and ours all come from the Masonic villages where there's a big farm. Yeah. Yeah. And so they're all locally grown strawberries. And this one is uh, pretty interesting because 43 always has dessert right after dinner. You guys have dessert after your meeting, but for strawberry night, we're going to have a dessert after the meeting, which I'm sure will be a major upset. Oh, cause you changed something. We changed something. Yeah. I don't think, you know, had, did they do this last year? I, I, I thought Lodge 43 stopped doing the strawberries and ice cream for a period of time. I, I had strawberries last year. Oh, okay. So talking about change, here's a good one. Jason, explain now that you're, you're assistant secretary. Explain the drama that went on when you wanted to save your Lodge money and make the, uh, the communication oh, yeah. in so, uh, black ink instead of blue and black ink. So I was assistant secretary last year and... Uh, we just spent an enormous amount of money on mailing out our notice. And I did a, a cost analysis and was looking at a couple other printers and just trying to, it turns out that in, in our lodge, something like 30% of your dues goes directly towards printing. So there's a couple different things we're doing where we're, you know, continuing to gather more email addresses and more brothers are, are taking their, their, uh, their notice electronically. We can't force them to, um, a Hyman reason, which is our book of rules says that, uh, you can't switch to email without permission. But one of the other things is we've always printed in, in color off of a print press and which is enormously expensive. So there's nothing in the Hyman reason. Again, our, our book of rules, it says that it has to be color, has to be black and white. You have has to, get to be a, on a printing press. Has to be on by, a printing by press. Hand, right. By so ben Franklin. It's the digital. It's the digital world. So I, you know, asked the worship master if I could pursue printing in black and white. Made sure that I wasn't breaking any rules. If you actually change the image, you have to get approval. But if you're just changing from you know blue to red to or to black and white, uh, but it was it was a pretty big upset about it. Saved a thousand dollars for the year, and my email list is growing and growing, and hopefully by the end of the year, we'll save us another couple thousand dollars, you know, moving in 2017, but you know, change is, change is uh, not always 
easily accepted. Yeah. It's just the amazing things. Like if I told people that if I sent out a letter and said, you're no longer allowed to park on the roof of the building, people would all come and be angry that, you know, they can't park on the roof, even though the, you can't park on a roof anyway. But I got a lot of kudos for it too, though. So, I mean, it, it, it is what it is. Oh, very interesting. So anybody have anything else, Dick? Anything, uh, any last words before we, uh, no, <laughs> We, we will be wel welcoming Larry back, I guess, in, in the next two weeks. Okay. Well, if uh, that'll be fun. Uh, maybe you got, you guys are going to, you two guys are going to be back with us, maybe, if you want. We'd love to. Just would love right. to. Sure. Jeff, uh, anything else? No, thanks for having me. I'm just uh, sad that I didn't see Larry Maris' uh, bathroom habits that you speak of <laughs> in these podcasts. Yeah, he's going to be very upset that we totally, like, did not follow his schedule for this at all. He already is. I've I've been getting these these things on Facebook, and it's. Uh, well, he said that he was on a on his way here to give us direction. Yes, he was. But I don't know how he's. So in two coming. weeks, guys, you're gonna you're gonna have a lot. Of, it's gonna be more organized. Um, it's gonna be very boring, <laughs> as we hear Larry give uh, all the old news. Be more hand signals. Yes, and more. lots more bathroom breaks. Yes, yes. All right. Well, if nobody has anything else to offer, we're gonna um, bug out of here. Thanks. Uh, thanks for listening and. Uh, See you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for having us for the last two weeks.